Hello and welcome to Terrifying Robot Dog. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about how technology is changing the way we interact with the world. This week, Facebook invents money. Or reinvents money? No, what are they doing? I don't know. Creating a global currency or something. They've made new digital bits. Yay, bits. Please stay tuned. Terrifying Robot Dog is next. Okay, so... I think the big news this week is that Facebook announced, uh, I mean, it's not their thing. It's like their, it's like a, a, a thing that they are promoting or backing or part of an association mm-hmm. of, you know, global financial entities who are trying to make a Bitcoin that would actually work right now. Versus one that's, you know, wildly fluctuating and speculative. And controlled by a handful of of people. Yeah. To be honest. But before we get into that, do we have any housekeeping? I don't think we have any housekeeping, no. Um, You can now get the quote-unquote premium version of... um, um, What's the name of my game? Oh, Icebreakers. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Which is is better packaging, a printed rulebook, and some tokens. Yeah, ordered. Yeah, on the way. Yeah. Oh, is it shipped yet? Uh, I get so many shipping notifications; it's hard to say <laughs> with with certainty. Yeah, I think it has. I think it has. Cool. Um, but yeah, uh, very excited about that. Cooper and I played these new worlds again last night. He's mm-hmm. addicted, uh, and, <laughs> and the collective one. We were very disappointed. Oh wow! Came right that's, down to it. That's that rarely happens. So. Mm. Yeah, we, it was a very close game, and uh, the end of it, I actually like that better than beating him. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Unless like, you lose together. Yeah, exactly. He was like, Wah. I was like, well, that's kind of good. We, we sort of tied. And he's like, no, aliens took over the universe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, fun. Nice. Uh, let's see. So, uh, okay, so that's it for housekeeping. We've got... Mm-hmm. Uh, Libra to talk about. So this is a this is there's a, a site where all of the information for this is essentially hosted called Libra.org, and it is there's a lot there, a lot to consume, and mm-hmm. you've only barely scratched the surface of it at all. Mostly headline type stuff, but there's a sort of vision vision for the project, if that's what I guess that's what to call it, sort of a project or a, an in, initiative. Um, and there's an association of people involved and there's like a developer portal and partners and, you know, a white paper about how it works and all of these things. But the, I think the, the TLDR is that, you know, it's sort of a Facebook sponsored initiative where, you know, they clearly stand to benefit from having something like this. It's kind of yeah. like the, an open ish blockchain version of Alipay, uh, in China so, you know, they would be, if, if they could, uh, if they, if they can do something to enable sort of frictionless, cheap transaction, global transactions in the digital space, that's good for everyone. But since they're so huge in the digital space, it's going to be extremely it's, it's, good it's for them. It's literally good for everyone. <laughs> it's literally good for everyone. And it's extremely good for Facebook if something like mm-hmm. this happens. Yeah. And they already have, I mean, you can already send money through Facebook which I, I did once, and putting my credit card information in there terrified me, and I deleted it right away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, it's, but it's, that's a that's a thing people do. Yeah, people yeah. people who are are more trusting than I. Hmm. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed this, or dear listener, if you've noticed this, but you can do the same thing in Gmail. Yeah, you can. Little, you can attach money to a message, which is like you can you can attach money to a message in YouTube. I did not know that you, in the live chat. Yeah. Wow. Well, so here's the thing, you know, like, and, and we can sort of touch on different aspects of this as it comes up, but, but the, I think the big picture point is like, let's say it worked and Mm -hmm. it caught on and the, the vision was realized and we could talk about like, well, wait a second, who's in the association behind it and who controls it and exactly which pieces are open and which ones aren't. And like, what happens if, you know, like these this coalition is now in charge of global currency. Then what happens once they've got that power? <laughs> right. Like, is that really that. any better? Yeah. But let's just for the, for the sake of argument or discussion, say, take the optimistic um, view and say like that it's good for every, you know, who's this bad for? I'm not really sure. I guess government or like anybody that, that issues fiat Banks money, that write, maybe. That are, yeah. Well, so bank, there's a bunch of banks in the association. So, so oh, okay. they've already got, which I actually, I don't love, but it actually makes me think it's more likely to succeed because they won't be mm-hmm. fighting it. So, okay. Um, so let's, again, let's push all the complicated, sticky details aside for a second and be like, what would the world be like if it was as easy to send money, as fast and easy to send money to someone as it is to send a text message? <laughs> what what does that, what happens then? You know, is this... Um, who cares? You know, like if you, if you're already banked, if you're already, you know, someone who can, who doesn't really have this as a problem, you know, like sending Mm -hmm. money to, you know, like I pay my babysitter with Venmo. It takes like two seconds and, and you know, the fees are low ish. Right. On, on the other hand, my bank has so many different ways to send money that I I literally couldn't figure out which one to use. And so I just went to the branch bank and like withdrew 200 bucks. Uh, yeah, I and I'm a Bank of America person, and it's the same way. They have like six different, six different ways that you can send money to someone else, and and, and some of them are through third party services, and they all have different fees, and they all take different amounts of time, and yeah, yeah, yep, and and require different information from both parties, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I've worked with credit unions, I've talked to them about this. I'm like, why? Look, I just I just want to pick someone to send money to. Why do I need right. to decide like? So some of the questions are like, well, is the other, does the other person bank at Bank of America or do they bank at a different bank? It's like, how would I know that? How would I know? (laughs) Right. You can ask them. Yeah. I just want to split the check with my college buddies. I'm not going to, like, I don't want like their birth certificate and like what, you know, so. uh, so, I don't need to know their bank account number. Right. So my, my, you know, my sort of, not my argument to them, but my, my uh, suggestion to them is like, look, that's your problem. You mm-hmm. figure that out, paper over all of the back, because what they're doing is exposing the complexity of the financial instruments in the background, or instruments is the wrong word, the financial infrastructure in the background. They're exposing it to the end user. And they're saying like, you know, because they're like, well, we can, you know, and immediately when I get into this conversation, I'm like, why is, why are there more than, why is there more than one way to send money to a person? And then they immediately mm-hmm. get into like, well, this one's ACH and, but you know, they start throwing jargon at me and I'm like, I'm like waving my hands. Like, I don't want don't to care. know about any <laughs> yeah. of this. Just tell yeah. me how much it's going to cost. And you figure it out. Like, like that, I mean, I know that that's like easier said than done, but that's what you want. The end right. user just wants to, you want it to feel as simple as a cash transaction. In fact, you want it to be simpler than a cash transaction because you don't have to get the cash. Right. You want to just be able to pull out your phone and do it. Yeah. Text message to Ashley there 
paid, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I mean, it's taken many more years than, than I thought it would, but it's getting to the point where contactless payments, at least where I live are not everyone uses them. In fact, it's a pretty small percentage of people that use them, but they're available mm -hmm. everywhere I go. So yeah, it's not, it's not a thing at all here. Yeah. That's, that's too bad. I mean, like, are you sure though? Like, I mean, places like Subway and, and a lot of gas stations and, uh, Whole Foods and Starbucks and Target and, uh, we don't have a Starbucks or a Target or a Whole Foods. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I live in the sort of snooty Eastern <laughs> city yeah. area. We have a Subway, but it's in the corner of a Walmart. So who knows? And most anybody who takes Square, so like you can go to a farmer's market yeah. and, and if they've got the, the, the right adapter, anybody who uses Square can do it. And yeah, but anyway, the point is like, anyway. the point is like a, a frictionless transaction is really nice. It's really, really mm -hmm. nice. And and I do know, because I work with a lot of people who are, um, you know, outside of the U.S. and they're trying to pay me for things. And sometimes they really have to jump through hoops to do it. And, yeah. you know, there are a lot of countries where credit cards are really not a thing. And they're like, well, do you take PayPal? I'm like, no, PayPal's not not friendly to me. I don't like <laughs> PayPal. So they're like, okay, I don't know what to do then. Can I send you a check or send you cash in the mail? And it's like, and it's like you know what, just here it's free, just whatever. Like sometimes I just break down and I'm like, it's free someday you can buy me a beer, you know, or whatever. Yeah. If you ever see each other at a, at a conference or something, but it, you know, when those transactions, when those transactions, um, when I'm exposed to the complexity of international transactions, you start to realize how easy you have it when I can just walk around and wave my phone and stuff and like get, get coffee. <laughs> Right. It even like doing international transactions can make the, the picking from one of the six available money transfer things seem easy. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And then you get into this fees thing where it's like, look, I'm trying to, you know, I came to the United States and I'm trying to send money home to the family and I'm literally mm -hmm. spending half of it in fees. You know, it's like, yeah. Oh, that's like Kira's got the Europe trip coming up next summer. And I mean, like, she's going to be going to seven different countries like okay we need to get a money exchange first but how much do we get and which currencies do we get mm -hmm. and i just they're supposed to be sending an information packet in october with more details on the trip and i hope that's in there i'm just because i have no clue what to do for any of that yeah, at this point a great point and how cool would it be if there was an international let's say let's say libra was cash let's say it was mm -hmm. cash you just be like here's a thousand libra Go for it. Like you can spend this right. in any country. Like you're safe, basically. Right. And it's like, like, okay. So, so, I, th I think it's, I think it's a pretty well agreed upon truth that, you know, it would be better for people who are unbanked to be banked, and it would be better if people weren't like going to check cashing places and paying exorbitant fees because mm -hmm. they don't want to, you know because they can't get a bank account or a checking account or a savings account. And, uh, and people who can only make transactions in person are cut off from the global economy. So like, wh what about them? Right. And you've got, you've got a whole swaths of the world that don't have that banking infrastructure yeah. or don't, or don't have the, the like utilities infrastructure to get banking access to people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's, and there's some things like, like, uh, Alipay we mentioned already and M-Pesa that are, are tackling this, mm -hmm. but I, and I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're just What's not it? adopted. What? 
wasn't there something in Africa a few years back where people were sending like they were using text messages to do money transactions somehow? Well, yeah, I think that's M-Pesa, but but the, okay. I, I think the thing I, I think M-Pesa is uh, generally an African thing. Okay, but also we've talked in the past about how people were paying each other by topping up each other's cell phones. Yeah. So you would pay somebody with like um, minutes. minutes, right? So, you know, I mean, that's basically just a barter system. Uh, right. Well, I mean, you know, it's I all money is anyway. I've seen people. You know, well, I've seen people taking like, oh, well, you, you know, you can pay me this or that or like Amazon, Amazon gift card. Like, give me just send me an Amazon yeah. gift card is another way to do yeah. it. Because it's like, yeah, yeah, I mean, I've I've accepted Amazon gift cards for small things before. Yeah, it's because like, it's the easiest way to, to do it. Yeah, and you can just email it, right? It's just mm-hmm. like, boom, email, done. I think that probably, uh, I think, I don't know how that works across borders, though. And I suppose I some, some people are, uh, unlike me, don't buy almost everything on Amazon. So, <laughs> And you can only, you know, but if somebody sent me 500 bucks, like an Amazon gift card, 500 bucks, I would definitely use it. Like it would be, mm-hmm. might as well be cash. It might yeah. as well be for me. So, yeah, okay. Same. So now imagine if all of those sort of conveniences were it's just like that easy. You can just like, you can trust that the value is not going to fluctuate wildly. You can, you pay basically no fees, essentially like next to nothing. And it's instantaneous. So I, the, the obvious thing to me of what would happen, I mean, I guess it presume, you know, you have to be connected. I don't think Mm -hmm. any of this has any kind of offline aspect to it. I haven't seen anything uh, about it that's offline. No, I wouldn't imagine it does. I I feel like this is, this is all meant to be mobile and and probably done through Facebook messenger. (laughs) No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think, no, it it sounds like that, you know, developers would be, it'd be like Apple pay. Like you can add it to your app. Yeah. Okay. But I, I assume that, that um, with Facebook's partnership, it's going to be integrated into Facebook Messenger, and that's going to be a lot. How a lot of people use it simply because they already have it, gotcha. and there's two billion of them. Yes, yes, yes. I'm sure you're right. Uh, it, I'm, yeah, it wouldn't be limited to that, but I would definitely be in there. And so, so like, okay, what does that unlock? So, so I, I, the first thing that I came to my mind is that mm-hmm. assuming that folks are on online which is more and more the case. I think then I think the global smartphone penetration numbers are like 4 billion, which is like a large, large percentage of adults globally. Yeah. So if that happens and all of a sudden, you know, like all of a sudden there's a, an influx of a billion people who you could pay <laughs> that live in a country where they haven't been getting paid. Right. Then you potentially got, uh, a um, sort of a, a whole giant new marketplace of kind of gig economy, mechanical Turk. Um, it mm-hmm. creates a situation where like a whole bunch of people who perhaps have some talent that they could, they couldn't sell locally, but they could sell globally all of a sudden come on the market and their let's just say their cost of living is so low that, that um, fees would have, previously destroyed any income that they could have made it would be too too significant but without fees and without waiting and without the sort of instantaneous right. nature of this i mean i assume like, there's I, I assume there's still going to be some kind of fee but quite often with services that exist now you end up paying like 
two or more fees because you've got the fee imposed by the service and then the fee by the financial institutions. Right, right. Uh, let's see. I'll scroll around if I can see any currency. Yeah, I've had, a, I've had a very, a very another first world problem that this would fix. Oh. And that is that is now that the child drives and goes places and does errands for us. It's like, well, do you have any cash? No. Do you have any cash? No. It's like, well, okay, give the kid the bank card because the kid can't have a bank account. <laughs> it, yeah, it's just. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if I could just text money to the kid or the kid could be shopping somewhere and text me and say, okay, mom, it's $35, text it to this number and I'd do it. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So my first thought is that like, huh, maybe there's like a, uh, it feels, it feels, you know, to use a, maybe a hackney term at this point, the democratization of e-commerce where people could be creating goods and services, you know, on the <sighs> other side of the world for me and be, and say like, you know, here's some, yeah, like, and they have an Instagram. So they have like an Instagram and like, oh, that's a cool yeah. necklace. And you click here to buy it, right? It's like, <laughs> right. boom, okay, shipping is exorbitant. The neck, it's probably more than the necklace itself, but you're paid, it, the payment doesn't get eaten up in fees. There's actually a profit there. Or maybe it's gig economy stuff or, you know, people can do research or, uh, or whatever. And, and there's like such a like, disparity between the sort of income in the United States and the income in, you know, somewhere halfway across the world that there's a number, uh, there's a price in between those two people, like that makes the transaction mm -hmm. extremely profitable because it's not getting chowed down by bank fees. Right. It's like, it'd be like Fiverr without the Fiverr. Exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, or even Fiverr, I mean like, yeah. Or even Fiverr. Yeah. Right. Like I, I know people that are, um, uh, there's a, there's a fairly long list of countries that can't use Stripe as a seller, for example. Mm -hmm. So like when Stripe came out, uh, for people who don't know, that was like, it was like a very developer friendly, uh, what would you call it? It's kind of like a, is it, is it fair to call it like a, uh, merchant gateway? I mean, it's like, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And like the ones that existed at the time were just atrocious. Mm -hmm. and just really hard to understand really hard to test, uh, just, just brutal. And, and so Stripe came out and it was just like, had a great user experience, it was transparent pricing. It was very clear how it worked. It was very clear how long things were going to take. And they had a really good documentation for their API. Maybe you would argue with that, but in general, and you know, it, it enabled lots of people to, um, I mean, I remember, trying like the concept of trying to sell stuff online in the early nineties. Yeah, it was brutal. Brutal. Yeah. In fact, I think, I think the very first order I may have made from Amazon was okay. You place this order. Now you have 10 days to mail us a check. <laughs> I'm sure that's true. Yeah. I believe, I believe that's f true for sure. So it's like, okay, uh, fast forward, like has, has Stripe been a positive, uh, force on enabling commerce between small business people and their customers. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Just you click this connect to Stripe button and it's like, boom, that was easy. You know, you're like OAuth against your Stripe account and all of a sudden you can use all of these awesome interfaces to do, to, to sell however you like, you know, it's, uh, 
but still, you know, there's fees involved or whatever, and it's limited in certain countries, and you can't, you know, you can't use it everywhere. Yeah, and there's there's EU laws that are changing very soon about online credit card payments. Yeah, yeah. So so right, and like as you as you imagine, as you you know, like that's just one example of. It's probably a good idea to enforce like two factor auth on these transactions, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like, well, is that that seems like a bandaid on a system that wasn't invented for online transactions yeah where something like libra has all of the earmarks of something that was like purpose-built for online transactions and would be the opposite of i mean it would be the opposite of two-factor authentication which is far from seamless this feels seamless or at least like it could be or the promises that it would be so you know it's like it's like, given those two choices, in fact, the first thing I said when I heard about the new EU laws, um, what's the what's the three-letter acronym for the, it's like Secured Customer. SCA or something? Yeah. Secure, secure Card Authorization or something like something that. Something like that. Yeah, SCA, I think you're right. And as soon as I saw it, I watched the video that you sent to me and I was like, oh, it's like they're trying to push Bitcoin on us. You know, <laughs> right. it was like when the when the uh, chip cards came out in the U.S. and the user experience at the POS was just complete garbage. And I'm like, they're pushing. They're, I, I swear this was done on purpose to to incentivize people to pay with their phone because it's way easier to pay with your phone than it is to use a credit card now. So if you go to when someone sees me pay with my phone, they're like, like the person behind me in line is like, "What'd you just do? <laughs> like you just paid? Like yeah." Like that fast, yeah. And that's secure, yeah. It's got my fingerprint. You know, I yeah. don't have to sign anything. I don't have to press in any numbers. It's just like bing, chirp, done. Where the card is like, you stick the chip card into a terminal, and it's like, please wait while you know reading chip decrypting. Thing, and then it's like enter a pin number. Yeah. It sounds like like the yeah. the we're done with your card transaction sounds like an error noise. Yeah, Richard's Richard had to Richard has had to get his card replaced three times in the last year because the pin just, or the the chip just stops working. Really? Yeah. Ugh. It's it's like a bad you know whatever. I mean, I understand obviously there's a reason why they did it. It's you know like fraud prevention, and it's the mm-hmm. same thing with the two factor authentication. It's fraud prevention. It's the banks trying to hedge their bet, and you know, there's this balance between like fees and risk. So like, well, we could charge really high fees and we wouldn't worry about the risk as much, but then people wouldn't want to use it. So it's like, where, how do we strike this balance? Right. And if you, but if you take all of that out of the equation with something that, that has identity and transparency baked in, it's kind of like, okay, well maybe that, changes things maybe the maybe the the fraud the potential for fraud is dramatically reduced and therefore the fees can be dramatically reduced and and the time like the clearing uh, i think it's called clearing the the clearing time yeah can be dramatically reduced and so maybe that unlocks an entire um you know new um sort of wave of entrepreneurial activity in places that like i said can't sell anything locally but could definitely sell things globally well well not even not even just that um it's like we've talked about how easy stripe is to use compared to these other things and 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 yada yada and it certainly is um i have a a a little payment form set up on my website to take credit card payments through stripe and it uh, it took a couple of hours of work to set up 
which mm. is not a big deal. But at the same time, if I could do that same thing in 30 seconds of work, mm-hmm. I'm going to want to do that uh, in a lot more places or a lot more ways. It, it, it just, there, there's sometimes it's just like, like even putting in two hours into something is just, it's annoying. And, <laughs> something that but you're feels a developer like too. Something that, it, yeah. And something that feels like it should be simpler. Yeah, like how like how hard how hard could it be? I just want to give money to somebody. Like it's so right. easy with cash. Why is it so hard online? And obviously there are reasons, but it feels like there's it feels like it should be just as easy. Mm-hmm. Like I want this person to have some of my money. Make it happen. Like what's the big <laughs> right. deal? Um, well, so and so the other thing that happens with the sort of instantaneous nature of this and like the let's say near zero fee structure is that micropayments, which have been a thing mm-hmm. on people's lips since the nineties, I guess, like to like 20 years for sure. You know, the future of arts, the future of news is micropayments. And it's like, you know, the, the concept of a tip jar sort of thing. Yeah. And but. yeah. And it never, it never really happened because there isn't a good way to do it because the, the, you know, you can't just sort of the, the, right. You tip someone a buck, you lose 50 cents of it to fees. And yeah. And it takes you 10 minutes. Right. And the, oh, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. It's like, I don't want to spend two hours setting up this thing so people can toss me $2 every now and then, <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> right. And so that's kind of the concept behind Patreon. And it's kind of the concept, you know, mm-hmm. I've seen other ones that are like, um, this is clever where I don't know if this has been implemented or if it's just an idea floating around, but, uh, you can go on our website and read our news for free. And instead of viewing ads, we're going to run, uh, uh, blockchain mining, using javascript in your browser oh wow so but we get you know but if we unlock the block then we get what we, we get, find we get the right and i'm like oh that's really clever that's really clever because the you know as as i'm reading my browser's cranking away mining bitcoin for the the news organization mm-hmm. that's like very clever but you know if you but the way i see it is like you should be able to go to a medium article let's say where if you've ever read on, on medium, they have this, like these sort of buttons where you can clap, you know, it's like a heart button on Twitter, but you can keep clicking yeah. it and, you know, clap, 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 you know, and so like, see how many claps yeah, somebody like, gets. Snapchat has that, I think. Cool. So yeah. Why, you know, why not like throw them a dollar, throw them 50 cents, throw them, throw them five bucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was as easy, if it was as easy as just like clicking it kind of like, like, you know, I mean, kind of like a political donation or a charity donation website, which I just did a charity with our karate school. And it's like yeah. a multi-step process to, to, you know, that the, that the donor needs to like the donor needs to be committed to the process. Right. Even though it only takes a minute, it's still like, ugh. and then oh, I got to pull up my credit. Where's my credit card? I was just on the couch. I'm like, oh, it's my, you know, I'm in my bathrobe. It's over. I don't know where my wallet is. It's like, and eh, I'll do like this tomorrow. And you forget. Yeah. And, you know, why can't, you know, my computer knows who I am. My phone knows who I am. Why can't I just, just click a button and that says $10. Like mm-hmm. what it seems like. So if this, this, if this, the promise of this is that it would en- enable that kind of a transaction. So you can imagine, uh, you know, all sorts of benefits for developing countries, uh, people in developing countries who are unbanked. You can imagine all sorts of benefits for 
uh, uh, charity type things or political donation type of, of organizations. Uh, you can imagine all kinds of benefits for artists and journalists and people who are just creating and creating and creating who don't believe in an ad model because it, you know, uh, throws their, um, uh, what's the word, their impartiality kind of into question. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's sort of, a, it seems, it feels very, uh, very Kevin Kelly to me. Like, like this is, if this worked, there could be a lot of, there'd just be like an explosion of transactions. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there would be. And, and I could, um, I could send my kid to the store to <laughs> buy a, buy a pack of taco shells Yeah, without having to have the whole going several rounds of who's got cash and who doesn't. And do you take the card? And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was at karate the other night and Erica was like, uh, she texts me. She's like, can you go because there's a target across the street? She's like, could you go mm-hmm. over to target while Cooper's in class and pick up a fan? Cause it's getting really hot. And so I'm in my karate uniform and I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. So I, I jump in the car. I, I'm halfway there and I'm like, you know, it's only across the street, but still. Right. Uh, Wait, I'm you drove there. across the street. Well, it's a busy, I mean, it's, yeah, you couldn't, it's a kind of street you can't walk across. It's like, okay. you know, five lanes of bad drivers. Okay. And, okay. Uh, you know, from one shopping plaza to the shopping plaza a quarter of a mile away. Okay. So I'm halfway there and I'm like, I didn't bring my wallet. My wallet's in my gym bag, which I left at the karate school. So I'm like, you know, hopefully I'm like, uh, do they take, con- you know, can you pay with your phone? Mm-hmm. And she's like, yep, you can pay with your phone there. So phew. Like, <laughs> why do I even have to worry about that? Like, why do I have to right. carry, you know what I mean? It should just be like, you walk in, you're identified. Well, so yeah. And this, this switches into the other, the, the, uh, sort of one of the downsides of this is like, what about anonymous payments? Like all of a sudden, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, none of these payments are anonymous. Is that good? Is that bad? Well, I mean, they would technically not be anonymous. Well, if I paid with cash, it would be. Yeah. If you pay with cash, it's yeah. But you anonymous. don't have to. Just are any of the are any payments we make now technically anonymous if they're done with a credit card? Like the other per the other person may not know who made the payment, but if something came up. And there was a legal reason to track down where that payment came from. It could be done. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm not saying credit cards are anonymous. I'm talking about cash. Okay. Or Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Where it's associated, where your Bitcoin is associated with like a number, which right. theoretically it can be traced back to you because it's the same number. So if like, so if like, and, and it's public, so anybody mm-hmm. can go through the blockchain and be like, uh, who bought this, you know, crystal meth? <laughs> you know, and they're like, okay, Walter this number, what White. else? Okay. Yeah. Right. It's not, it's not like linked to a particular name, but they can go back through and see all the other transactions that this, mm-hmm. that were associated with this account and probably figure out who it is if there's enough history. So, um, you know, that's, I, I mean, er, is it worth, uh, is it worth it? I mean, cause I, I don't think you, I don't think this works. I feel like this whole idea of having a global digital currency where, cause it kind of gets back to trust. It all gets back to trust yeah. and fraud and all of that, you know, like who can, who can abuse this system? Kind of like we, when we talk about, uh, deep fakes videos, it comes back to trust. Like what can you trust in the digital realm? And, and again, like Facebook is low on my list. <laughs> So it isn't, it isn't like, I don't trust the company, uh, but I trust I that trust their tech. Uh, that's, that's, uh, it's a I different trust. 
I trust their technology to be secure so that my information is not going to be stolen. I don't trust the motivations of the company. I am there. With, I totally agree with that. But the trust I'm talking about is between two parties mm-hmm. on the platform. Yeah. Like if I'm interacting with Erica over Facebook Messenger, I trust that it's her. Or like if I'm interact, like like one the one thing about Facebook is the identity. Well, I'm, this is actually not true, but because you can have fake accounts and stuff, mm-hmm. and that you know they I think they, they get just hacked all the time. D- deleted like eight million of them or something, or like some crazy number of fake accounts. So mm-hmm. okay, yeah, I guess I should. I, I guess thinking that through, I don't necessarily trust that. Like I trust that the people. Here's here's the this is why I was gonna say it now I realize because the only people I talk to on Facebook or on Messenger are people I know really well in the real world and I would immediately detect if it wasn't them, right? Or there was like a a mad awesome AI on the other end that was like you know, <laughs> but it's like if it's that good it's earned it <laughs> <laughs> exactly if it's that good I want one, uh, but th- yeah so yeah I guess that's. I guess that's the reason why I trust that not the, not the company. I don't trust the company to use my data in a way that I would agree with. Mm-hmm. That's definitely true. Uh, I mean, I even, I even trust Google a little bit more than Facebook and Google's pretty bad. Yeah. But I don't, I just don't think Google cares. I think Facebook has ideas about how they want to use the information. I think Google is just like trying to, trying to get Optimize people to click on ads more. Their, right. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, no. yeah, it, I mean, but that has, to, that has to be solved. So there's like two, I think there's two kinds of trust in the system that are really important. One is that the, the, uh, whatever, you know, Libra in this case, that the value is going to be stable. So like, if you are going to accept it, you want to be confident that you can then spend it. Yeah. That's one kind of trust. So that's, you know, and supposedly this, this one's backed by, you know, like, like a federal reserve, but global like the libra reserve like a global reserve of of that these institutions have gotten together and yeah yeah so it's the the quote here is uh, unlike the majority of cryptocurrencies libra is fully backed by a reserve of real assets a basket of currencies and assets will be held in the libra reserve for every libra that is created building trust in its intrinsic value so that's one thing you have to trust and -hmm. the other thing you need to trust is the is the other party in the transaction. So like one, for example, there's one thing I haven't seen mentioned here anywhere, which is any kind of escrow which supposedly would be something built on top of this. But you know, if I buy that necklace, you know, I see this cool necklace on Instagram from somebody in Nairobi and I like want to, you know, and it's like seven bucks plus $25 shipping. And I'm like, all right, that's good. Like Erica would love that. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Here's my, you know, what did I say? $32. And you know, like I have to trust that person to send it to me, the, the, right. the, the necklace. So, and, and I suppose there are other situations where you need to trust that it's, um, let's say it's, uh, you're going to do a transaction with someone who you know of, like, um, I, I don't know. Well, somebody, uh, somebody, you know, like you and me, let's say you, okay. you, you're, you're buying, you're buying a game. Yep. I'm going to buy a game from you. How do I know your account hasn't been hacked? How do I know there's no man in the middle attack going on? How do I know that the money that I'm sending to someone I trust is actually going, you know, I'm not getting mm-hmm. fished basically. So that there's that. So maybe that's three kinds. So it's like, you need to trust that, the, that you're talking to the person you think you're talking to. You need to trust that the person who you are talking to is going to 
execute their end of the transaction and uh, and you need to trust that the, the currency is going to have value once you receive it. And I guess you already have to, even, even in normal online transactions, you are, you already have to trust that like Amazon is going to fulfill the delivery or like I, I pay target to ship some stuff to my house. I still, mm-hmm. there's already trust happening, but it's in this brand that has a lot to lose. If I start squawking about like them stealing my money. Right. It's not just like individual people because now you can do these microtransactions. Mm. Yeah. And so like, so like the, the sort of, you can imagine if the transaction is that frictionless, then scammers are going to come out of the woodwork. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you hack somebody's account and, and hijack the trust that somebody has in say, say the New York times, say somebody, somebody is at a Starbucks and they do a man in the middle on the New York times. And they've got like one of these like clap with money buttons at the bottom of an article. Right. But they redirect that to like their account. And so you go to, you know, they, they, they pay for the New York times they make a copy of the website, you know, like the front page of the site, mm-hmm. then they post it or heck this would probably, this button would probably exist in an email. So somebody sends an email, supposedly yeah. the Thursday roundup from the New York times and you click on, you know, like, Oh, if you like this, click here to send money directly to the author of the article or to the journalist. And it's just like, Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot going on there. So yeah, that's a big deal. It's but going no. to be interesting, whatever whatever happens, that it's going to be interesting to, to see. I feel like this has a a non-zero chance of catching on. Right. And I think some of the reasons that it... My feeling is that some of the reasons it has a non-zero chance of catching on, which I totally agree with, is that some of the core tenets of like total crypto nerds are being violated here. Mm-hmm. So like one of them is that uh, one of them is that it's starting off backed by an association of big banks, for example, you know, founding members. Yeah. And I feel like that's what you're going to need for it to take off. Yeah. Um, I think so just too. Just because one, the big financial institutions are not going to be fighting against it. And I, as it does sort of give you some trust right off the bat. Yep. Yeah. And, and get, check out the names. The, well, mm-hmm. Here's some of the names: Mastercard and Visa, of course. PayPal, Stripe, uh, Mercado Pago, which I've never heard of. PayU, I've never heard of. Um, other partners: Technologies and Marketplaces, uh, Booking Holdings, eBay, Facebook, Calibra, Farfetch, Lyft, Spotify, Uber, Iliad, Vodafone, Anchorage, Bison Trails, Coinbase, yeah. uh, Venture Capital, Andreessen Horowitz, Breakthrough Initiatives, Ribbit Capital, Thrive Capital, USV, Nonprofits, Kiva. Now I'm skipping around just looking for stuff I've heard of. So now, so, so it's That's a ton of people. Yeah. And looking at, at some of these logos, you know, I, I don't love MasterCard or Visa, but I trust them. Right. I don't love PayPal, but I don't think they're, I, I don't think they're defrauding anyone. I'm just not a fan of the interface. Oh, they're, yeah. I totally trust Stripe. I don't not trust eBay. I trust Lyft, Uber, Spotify, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm like, see, here are all these brands that are putting their name behind. I trust Coinbase all these brands and Andreessen Horowitz, I think they're super smart. So, you know, I look at this and I see, and, and even though there shouldn't be an association, it shouldn't need to be one. It should be totally decentralized and like all of that. <laughs> the fact that there is makes you feel a little better about using it. Me like as a normo. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, huh, this, this could actually, right. And like the, the, if you believe the, the mission and the roadmap, 
then it's like, oh, you know, okay. The Libra Association is an independent, not-for-profit membership organization headquartered in Geneva, Switzerland. What does that sound like? It sounds like the W3C. <laughs> right. I like that. So, okay. Uh, and certain parts of it are open source, certain parts are closed, but, <clears throat> you know, it will be a public blockchain, even though the nodes would be maintained by these member organizations. Mm-hmm. So it's not like any rando person. So there'd be no mining involved because it's all backed. Right. It's all backed by, by these members. Right. By this basket of assets, as they call it. Right. It's, you're, not, you're not mining for bitcoins. It's, it's they have created this currency within this, this blockchain and you're passing it around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they, it's backed by this reserve. Yep. And, they, and they, yeah. these groups have nodes on the network that uh, mm-hmm. validate the blocks. Yeah, so. that's also going to mean that the currency is a lot more stable than Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, I, you know, it could work. Yeah, so it I, could. I just clicked on the developer's link. I hope it does. Oh, yeah. I, I, think, this would, I think this would be net positive, but it'll mm-hmm. be super disruptive. Oh, yeah. Testnet is live. Take a look at the code and technology behind the Libra blockchain and try out the prototype. Libra is open source. Ooh. Testnet is available on GitHub. Get started. Oh, uh, there's a new programming language to learn. Move. Move is designed to make it safe and easy to program with digital assets. Learn what you'll be able to do. An executable bytecode language used to implement custom transactions and smart contact tracks. Yeah, this is fascinating. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it goes back to like when, when Bitcoin first got splashy in the news and stuff, the, the top of the hype cycle. Uh, it took a little while for me to distinguish between like what the blockchain was and what Bitcoin was. But once I understood that, I was like, you know, Bitcoin's neither here nor there. It's like interest. It's like an interesting application of the blockchain, but the blockchain is incredible. Like the idea that you could have an immutable public ledger is a complete game changer. That's nuts. And this is just an, you know, it's just another example. It's like, and in the, the cool thing, and there've been a bunch of other ones, Ethereum and blah, 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 a billion other coins, but, um, a, a bunch of other applications of the, of the blockchain concept and, you know, even private blockchains, mm-hmm. which almost seems like an oxymoron, but like the idea <laughs> that, that, um, there's, there's a audit trail. There's like a permanent audit trail of everything that happens. You know, like some people are like, well, that that's this should be the way websites are, where you could go back and see every version of it, like every change <laughs> of the website. Right. Go to a, you know Wayback Machine for every single change. Version control, all the things. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then it's like um, you can sort of go back and and be like, this is what happened. You know, and like nobody messed with it because the the thing that people don't think about, like if if dear listener, if you're like not super technical, right now banks. In large, I think probably it's safe to say across the board have a, a database like internally, and your the amount of money in your account is like a number in a cell, in a record, in a table, in a table that some twenty three year old kid has access to. It could you know I'm sure there are like all sorts of all sorts of um, fail safes and firewalls and all of these things, but at the and, end of the day and, penalty, and penalties to discourage and yeah. At the end of the day, somebody at that bank can invoke God mode and do whatever the hell they want on that database. Like, I promise you. 
like I, I can, here's a funny story. I don't know if I've ever told this, uh, way back in the day when I started, um, I was a musician and I was like, oh, I need to make, I need to make some more money cause this music thing's not, not paying the rent. Mm-hmm. And I started temping and one of the, I used to do like, um, Cork express desktop design stuff, uh, which I learned from doing flyers for my band. So, okay. So I, I went to this temp agency and they got me some gigs like that, which were fun, but they also offered me other gigs that were not as much fun, but they were local and the pay was the same. And and one of them was like, sit at the front desk at this, um, it was a, it was a, the headquarters of a bank of a local bank. So I just sat at the, it was like in the, in the commercial lending department. So it was kind of fancy. Everybody was in a suit. I had to like put on a button down shirt, which wasn't easy for me. And, uh, and I just sat there all day and I was, bo- Early days. Mm. I was bored out of my mind. And there was a computer terminal at my, you know, behind the desk mm-hmm. that was like, it might as well have been a TRS 80, you know, it was just like a green letters on a dark green screen. Right. Yeah. So I'm bored out of my mind. It's probably an AS 400 or something like that. DB two or whatever. I don't even know. And so I'm just like, get bored. No one's there. And I'm just like mm-hmm. playing around and I'm just like search for like, local celebrity names, you know, like our senators and stuff. Sure enough, right. th- there's their bank account. There's their balance, no password, <laughs> no nothing. I'm like, wow. Huh, I wonder, you know, what about the mayor? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I mean, how bad is that? That's, I, it's yeah. so bad. <laughs> so- <laughs> like some dude getting paid $10 an hour to sit there in a cheap tie. Zero. Just look up. Just looking up bank account, like how much people have in their savings and all of their accounts. Could you have modified any of that? Doubtful. I don't, I I didn't, I did. I got nervous. I was like, right. Got scared. I was kind of like, Oh, it'd be funny if I could search for like the mayor's. Oh, whoa. (laughs) Like unsee, unsee, unsee. (laughs) Definitely going to get in trouble. But anyway, the point, the, the point of the story is like, you know, I, I doubt that like Bank of America is that loosey goosey, but somebody has to be able to fix stuff and they know how things work. They know how you know what the real mm-hmm. password is. They know where the back doors are. And if incentivized, they could go through and just change something or, it, you know, let's say uh, political pressure is being placed on a big organization uh, and someone at the very top is like, delete all those records or you just, oh, that would never happen. That would never happen. It's never. definitely never come up in a presidential election or anything. No. So you can, so people are people who are sort of behind the scenes can modify these things, but not with blockchain because no one can invoke God mode in blockchain. Mm-hmm. There would always be a trail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I can't, I mean, that seems like it would be great for things like, because some of the, the stuff that this brings up, is like, what about fraud? What about money laundering? What about phishing? What about all, all of these things? But it's like, well, everything's going to track back to an identity. And over time, you're going to see this pattern of behavior, which seems like it would be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Instead of them being able to cover their tracks, which would be theoretically impossible. I don't know. I'm for it. Yeah, especially if we don't have to implement this stupid EU thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. Well, hopefully Stripe will take care of it for us. Hopefully. Yeah. Anyway, 
Any any other big ideas about Libra? No. No, it's I'm I'm definitely curious to see where it will go. I think it has the potential to take off. I hope it does. Hmm. And it's going to be really interesting to see all of the disruption that it causes if it does. Yep. Feels like one of those things that could be a, a revolutionary moment in technology. And yep. Yeah, the global economy finally gets a currency. Mm-hmm. That'd be wild. All right. Well, that's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we hope you join us again next time for Terrifying Robot Dog. Bye. Bye.